This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 15th, 2021. More than a game, the game of life. Yeah, game of life. Good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. Hey, everybody at home. Good to be with you. This month we're having some fun with some uh, popular games uh, that are going to springboard us into more serious theological discussions, hopefully, as we realize that it's more than a game. Life's more than a game. This morning our focus is on the game of life. There we go. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are just honored that you're here. Um, There are some new faces. We're not going to call you out. We're just really glad you're here. You know, on the front of your seats that you're looking at, there's that piece, there's that sticker. If you have a phone, a cell phone, and if you go to your photos and you just hold it against that QR code, that's a way to sign in so I can learn your names because I really would love to be able to know who, who is here today. We are talking about the game of life, and part of life is that we have people going to college for the first time or returning to college. So I would like to know who those people are. (laughs) All right, there we go over here. (laughs) And we have Ben in the back. Anybody else going back to Isabella? Is that? Isabella, we've got Isabella and Sarah. Can you stand up, Isabella and Sarah? That's what they all wanted to be. Everybody looking at them this morning. Yeah. Oh, stand up, Emily. All right, thank you. So some of you are going for the first time, and some of you are returning. And we want you to know, I don't think I'm going to need that. I don't think so. (laughs) Um, You never know, though. You are so good, Carl. You are so ready. You know, even though you're going to college, I want you all to know that you are still part of our family and that we are going to pray for you while you're gone and that we want to see you back either Thanksgiving or Christmas so that we can continue to stay connected. It's a, it's a crazy time when you go to college and um, you're going to be, you know, those of you who have done it before. Um, so we are so grateful. Yes, Carl. I do want to make a bigger deal about this. Isabella, where um, are you? I'm not going to, you don't have to like tell your life testimony. Just say your name and where you're going to college. Oh, I'm Isabella Wicks and I'm going to Dell Tech College. And what's your major? Elementary education. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Isabella. Good job, Carl. Emily. Uh, My name's Emily Novoso. I'm going to Delft State. And your major? Elementary education. Awesome! Woohoo! All right. We've got Sarah. I'm Sarah. I'm going to University of Delaware and I'm majoring in art. <laughs> Yay, Sarah. And y'all are returning, right? To college. Isabella, are you going returning to Dell Tech or is this your first? Oh, okay. That's All right. you and Sarah, it's your first time. We've got Ben back here. Give ben, ben, give ben the come mic. Come on, Ben. Give him a chance there. Ben's our technical director. He has been serving through COVID. That's how you got to see us on the screen. Thank you, Ben. Hello, lights, lights on. on. There he is. 
Okay, Ben, tell us what you're doing. I'm uh, majoring in aerospace engineering, going to the University of Maryland. Great, thank Rocket you. Rocket man. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. So you can sit down now. We are so <laughs> grateful for you and um, part of our family life together mm. is to lift you in prayer as you head out or <laughs> just begin to get back to it. So God, we thank you so much for Isabella, for Emily, for Sarah, for Ben, for all of those students who are part of our church family who will be um, heading, heading to college, whether they're living at home or living on campus, on an, in an apartment, Lord, you go before them, behind them, hem them in. So as they go about their um, education and <laughs> everything that goes along with that, with the social life, um, protect them, Lord. And um, we know that they know you. And so we're thankful for them and for the life that they breathe into this church. We lift them up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, Amen. thank you so much for being here today. Um, I think we'll get started. It's me. All right, we are talking about the game of life, and it's simply known as life. Life. It was originally created, you will never guess when it was originally created. Take Eight, some guesses. 1860. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So when you go on Jeopardy, you're going to know that answer. Right. That could okay. win you a million dollars. Right before the Civil War, it was America's most popular parlor game. But who, who invented it? Milton Bradley himself. himself. Milton Bradley. <laughs> and, um, you know, they would go to the parlor for the middle and upper class people and play this game. Who here has played a parlor game recently? <laughs> yeah, we play okay. kitchen table games. Yeah. Anyway, we moved. it's originally called the checkerboard game of life because the original board resembled a checkerboard more than the current version of the game. Huh. How do you like that? It's extremely popular, sold 45,000 copies in its first year. Here's a really good one. They didn't use dice because that's associated with gambling. They had this little spinny top that had like six sides that would tell you how many spaces on the board. There you go. There you go. Hey, by the way, CJ Riffle in Texas says hello. Hey, we're CJ. Hi, CJ. Good to be with you. All right. In 1960, 100 years after its inception, the modern version of the game was introduced. Now it exists of a road that stops along the way, opportunities to collect or spend money. Who, who here has played this game? Okay. It's a really popular game, isn't well, it? Well, yeah. I am really feeling bad because I've never completed... You, you had a, you know, a, a, a never, childhood that was just... I know, I know, but it's, we have it. Anyway, each player travels along the road in their small plastic car according to the spin of the wheel numbered 1 to 10. Each car has six holes for pegs, and you, as you add to your family according to this game, you can put little... Peggy things in the holes, and as you travel through life, you've got college to retirement with jobs and marriage and possibly kids along the way. Hello. You acquire money. If it's kids along the way, it gets sucked <laughs> back out, and there's various types of insurance and promissory notes and stock certificates. Now, 
in 1991. I know you guys are at the edge of your seat because this is really big stuff. 1991, if Mike Perkowski were here, he would be really happy about it. He's, at, he's serving. He's outside protecting us as part of our security. Mike, listen up. Though. Listen up, Mike. Players were recorded for recycling trash, or uh, rewarded for recycling trash. There you go. So they added that to the game. He works for that group. And also helping the homeless. There's some social justice in that game. Yes, there. that's right. And in 2017, it included pegs for your pets. Aww. It's got it all. Yeah. It? All right. The winner of the game is the one who has the most money in the end. Deprived, because we used to play this a lot. Oh. As a, I used to play this a lot as a kid. It's like Monopoly. It just goes on and on and on. But I haven't played the game for years, so it was interesting to look at back at that board and, and to check out what some of the stops were. Uh, and, and you know, some are kind of everyday, you know, kind of, and some are a little more exotic. Every day, add a baby son, add a, a baby daughter, collect presents. It ought to say spend $250,000. Can I hear an amen to that? Yeah, okay. Um, or uh, expand your business, spend $50,000. That would be conceivable. Here, here's the really cool one. Buy a home, spend $60,000. Unbelievable. Don't you wish $60,000 for a home? But then, um, like I said, there are a little more exotic stops too, like Catch a whale while skin diving. Who's done that recently? <laughs> you make six grand, I guess you sell the, the uh, whale fat and the oil and everything. Or, here you go, I know several of you done this this past month, buy a helicopter for $40,000. Hey, if you could get one for 40, that's a pretty good deal. Um, and, and then the, probably one of the really exotic ones is entertain an ambassador from Mars and spend $5,000. Now it would be take a Virgin Air or Spaceship to Mars and spend $2 million, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's where they're heading these days. Crazy stuff. All right, let's get down to business now. You know, in some respect, the game does mirror life. The game of life, not that buying helicopters and, and the whale thing. And, <laughs> but here's the thing. Not knowing where you're going to land on your next spin? Aren't there days where we're not, not quite sure how we're going to land? We wake up and, and the day has all of this promise, every day does, but we're not exactly sure, even though we might think it does, we're not sure what it's going to bring. There could be celebration or they, there could be commiseration. Life is interesting, life is hard. Life is glorious. Life is challenging. The game of life reminds us of a scripture that uh, we find in the fifth chapter of Matthew. Matthew is in the second half of the Bible called the New Testament, and it is the very first gospel, good news, of Jesus. It's about the life and ministry of Jesus. This is a uh, scripture that is found in a really important clump called Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus does a ton of teaching. Now, if you were here last week, or if you were online last week, this will be familiar to you, because we looked at it when we were preaching about the game Perfection. 
but we're going to focus on a different part of the scripture today. Let's take a look at the whole thing. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Say this last line with me. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Mm -hmm. and, and so last week our focus, focus was on that last verse. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. But today... Our focus is there in the middle where it says he, God, causes his son to, S-U-N, through the sun in the sky, to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In, in other words, we're all God's children. And, and as such, we're all going to receive all God has to give. Some days, trials... Some days triumphs. As a friend of mine used to say, some days you get peanuts, some days you get the shells. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and just because we go to church, which are here, home, wherever, all come to church, uh, just because we love the Lord, just, just because we're Christ followers, it doesn't mean that every day is a holiday. It doesn't mean that our our, our life challenges are over. In fact, if we're Christ followers, some days that can help make life more challenging, especially in the world in which we live, in the culture that surrounds us. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, though, to always remember. Always remember. To focus on the moment you wake up in the morning, you open your eyes, keep it before you throughout the day. Challenge and opportunity, they're two sides of the same coin. Challenge and opportunity. It's through the challenges of life that we have the opportunity to lean on God, to trust on the promises Jesus gave us, our Lord and Savior, the, the opportunity to allow the strength of the Holy Spirit to get us through whatever it might be. The rain falls on all of us, righteous and unrighteous, good and evil, believer and deceiver. It's important for us to always remember, even though it's raining, we remember who's holding the umbrella over us. Amen? Amen. So back to the game. In addition to noticing the interesting spots on the board catching the mail and buying the helicopter and entertaining Martians, as well as the everyday stuff of kids and jobs that are on the board, we noticed that there were landing spots that were not there. Spots like go to church, pray for children, <laughs> read your Bible, now, maybe they weren't there because it's hard to put a dollar amount on those kinds of things. Go to church. All right, so we read in Scripture, 
go to church, if we put a dollar amount, it would be to uh, keep your 90 and give back 10% to God of your income. It could be uh, pray for your children, pay $20,000 for a knee replacement because you've been on your knees so much praying for your children. Amen. <laughs> or how about read your Bible? The dollar amount could be 50 bucks to replace your Bible because your old Bible's worn out. <laughs> would be, this would give a whole new twist to the game, don't you think? Hmm. You know, but here's the thing. This game of life, the Milton Bradley version, it's very much rooted in the here and now, isn't it? In the, in the today, the, the everyday, the routines of life, family, cars, kids, homework, play, uh, paydays, bills to pay, you know, spin the wheel, count the spaces, move on to the next stop along the road. Winner's the one who finishes the game with the most money, the most stuff. For a lot of people, that's basically what life is, isn't it? Just a, a real-life version of this board game without the spinner. <laughs> Pluses, minuses, trials and triumphs, moving from one day to the next, living in the moment, in the here and now. The one with the most toys, uh, the most treasure at the end of the day is the winner. Or so a lot of people think. And then we have to ask ourselves, drawn on the words from a song back in 1989, written from an early contemporary Christian singer-songwriter, Stephen Curtis Chapman, we have to ask ourselves, is there more to this life than living and dying? More than just trying to make it through the day? More to this life, more than these eyes alone can see more than this life alone can be. Is there? Is there more? The simple answer, yes. Yes, yes, there is. There is more to this life than living and dying. There is more than just trying to make it through the day. There is more than accumulating one more toy or more dollars in your bank account. It's important to remember that what happens at the end of the game of life, it all goes back in the box. It all goes back in the box after everything's been counted up, decided who has more, who has not as much, the winners, the losers. When the game's over, as pastor and author John Ortberg uh, says, when the game's over, it all goes back in the box. That's true for the Milton Bradley version, and it's true for the real game of life as well. Sooner or later, for each and every one of us, the game is over. <laughs> and when that happens, it's all going back in the box. And the question is, what are you going to be left with when that happens? What did you count on while playing this game of life? Were you focused on having riches or relationships? Who or what was your God? Who or what did you truly worship? What was number one? As God, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, as God shares with us through the prophet Isaiah, 
Isaiah 40, 6 through 8, New International Version, a voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All the people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fail because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. So we do spend a lot of time and our talent and our treasures on these things that are temporal on the here and now. And we're not saying that a lot of that stuff is bad, but if that's our main focus of, of that kind of spin-in-the-wheel lifestyle, it does feel empty. I, I've, I've done it. It feels empty, and you do wake up to the same old, same old. And so the scripture from Isaiah reminds us that the here and now will wither and fade, but what remains is the word of God, the word of God in whom we can put our trust, the word of God where we live our lives according to what's in between these pages, where for me, like this is, this is a line, this is a plumb line, and where am I over here or over here? Am I aligned to what God wants for my life? The word of God endures forever. It's, we can stand on this. So Jesus reminds us in this word of God of another teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. And this time it's in chapter 6. We looked at Matthew 5. Here we're going to look at chapter 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So does that mean like we shouldn't have savings accounts or a pension or a rainy day fund or something like that? I don't think so, Jesus. Jesus tells us to be prepared. But the challenge here is, what are we going to bank our lives on? Where are we investing our very souls? As we said before, think about where you spend, we said this many times, where you think about where you spend your time and money, that's where your heart is. Are we so completely focused on the here and now that we've lost track of the there and then? I was an English major in college. I always liked the uh, group of poets known as the English Romantics a couple hundred years ago. Now, maybe you've heard of Williams Wordsworth. I always liked his poetry. It was kind of pastoral and all. But uh, he had a poem called The World is Too Much With Us. Just a couple lines of that just really ring here. He wrote this. He said, the world is too much with us late and soon, getting and spending we lay waste our powers. Yeah. Getting and spending, we lay waste our powers. So God calls us to use those powers, our energy, our gifts, our resources, our talents to glorify God and to 
edify or build up others. It's not for ourselves. Glorify God, build up or edify others. And he calls us to focus on the eternal, on what's ahead. We can get so focused on the day that, and what's, what's in today that we completely miss the blessings and the glory of God in the midst of it all. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the, a lot of the second half of the Bible, he shares with, uh, he wrote a bunch of letters. And one of the letters was to the church at Colossus. And so we'd like to share that with you now. Colossus 3, verses 1 through 11. This is the New Living Translation. Paul writes, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person's an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You need to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you've been stripped off. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature. And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. This is what we were talking about last week, that sanctification, that, that perfected grace, ever getting closer to Christ, ever allowing Christ to shine through you, ever getting more like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. Say the last with me. And he lives in all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Focus on the, uh, the eternal rather than the everyday. Does that mean to neglect our earthly responsibilities? Certainly not. Certainly not. But even as we go about those daily tasks, our focus should not bring on, be on what that pleasure it brings to us, but the glory to God and, and, and the benefit of those around us. Mm. We can be heavenly minded even as we go about our earthly responsibilities. So Paul talks in Colossians 3, 1 to 11 about um, what not to do. We're going to focus uh, on the rest of that scripture, verses 12 through 15. Paul reminds us of what we should do, how we should dress for success when it comes to the kingdom of God. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Can you imagine getting up every morning and as you're getting dressed, 
you're thinking of this scripture. I'm going to put on kindness, tenderhearted mercy, gentleness, and patience. What a difference the world would be if the world did that. Yeah. Make allowance for each other's faults. Wow, sometimes we are so critical of each other. This is about extending grace as God is extending grace to us. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all else, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I was watching our, um, a pastor, Craig Rochelle, who is um, really a, a way, a mentor online for me. And he was saying that in a divided world, we need a united church. And I pray that as a church, we are united in our mission to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. It doesn't mean that we can't disagree about things, but we can, in love, talk through things. And we still have a common mission. And so, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. That's what it looks like to play the real game of life. The game of life eternal. More than a game. The winners aren't the ones with the most money in the end. Winners are the ones who clothe themselves with tender-hearted mercy. Kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Oh. The person who makes allowance for the, for the faults of others. Recognizing that we're all, what, human? <laughs> Hello. It's the one who offers forgiveness for those who offend them. And above everything else, the winners of this game of life, the eternal game of life, are the ones who um, clothe themselves in love. They wear love like they would wear a jacket. It's, 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 it's part of them. It's, it's who they are. Unconditional love, that agape love we talk about. The love that God has for us. The love Christ had to the point where he would die for you and did. Died for you and me on the cross. It's the love that binds us all together in perfect harmony. The kind of love that allows us to have that peace that goes past all understanding, the peace that comes from Jesus. It's that peace that allows us to have a heart for others. Love that allows us to always be thankful, always, in all circumstances. Not just when things are peachy. Not just on the days where everything's going my way. But in all circumstances, to be thankful. Hmm. Not just for the big things, but for the little things as well. Because, you know, life is made up of a whole lot more little things than big things, isn't it? And we need to be thankful for even the littlest things. Thankful for the challenges as well as the blessings. 
because it's through those challenges more often than not that we realize our blessings. You know, I've talked to people, when were you most blessed? It wasn't when they got the new car, the new house, the whatever. It was usually it's when God saw them through the biggest challenge of their life. We need those challenges so that we can realize those blessings. But it's all about love. It's all about love. Clothing ourselves in love. Thanks to God's grace, drawing ever closer. Here again, that getting that, that sanctifying grace of God where he draws us ever closer to himself and stop fighting that, but allow ourselves to be drawn closer to God. Breaking down those barriers between God and between one another. The eternal game of life. That's the game, game of uh, that the, the God's calling us to play. <laughs> That's the game God calls us to play. And the question for you this morning is, is that the game you're playing? Is that the game you're playing? So we're going to close with a new song that we pray will be a blessing to you and that it'll be easy for you to pick up and worship to. It's called Highlands. It's a song of ascent. In the Bible, there's a bunch of psalms, you know, like the Lord is my shepherd, that's a psalm. But this is a song of ascent where um, the David wrote many of the psalms and his, it's like his ascent, his climb toward God. You know, lifting his heart higher. And this song called Highlands, we talk about the mountains and the valleys. Listen to the words and experience the ministry that this song can bring us. Oh, how high would I climb mountains if the mountains were where you hide? Oh, how far I'd scale the valleys if you'd grace the other side. Oh, how long have I chased rivers from lowly seas to where they rise, against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply. Check out this chorus. Check out what we're going to sing. Because the highlands and the heartache, you're neither more or less inclined. I would search and stop at nothing. You're just not that hard to find. So I will praise you on the mountain. And I will praise you when the mountain's in my way. Catch that? Praise you on the mountain and when the mountain's in my way. You're the summit where my feet are. So I'll praise you in the valleys all the same. The game of life. It's wonderful and it's challenging. It's heartbreaking. And there's so much joy. And we get to do it together as a church. And we get to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is before us, behind us, and all around us to carry us through every step, every breath of our life. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for the promise of your word, the foundation on which we stand. We don't stand on shifting sand. 
We stand on solid ground. Our hope is built on you. So oftentimes, Lord, I know I'm guilty of putting my hope in, in a job or, or in, in stuff of this world. And yes, we are so blessed and there's food on the table and a roof over our head. But Lord, we know that all that can come and go. The thing that we can trust beyond anything in this life is you. So thank you, Lord, for being in the highlands and in the valleys and everywhere in between as we walk through this. It's really not a game, but more to life. We walk through life. We thank you and praise you in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.